Good afternoon, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll have more details from Canola Week. Also, we'll recap this morning's Stats Canada crop production reports. Up first in today's country comment, we'll hear from Cassandra Cotton with Fertilizer Canada. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Cassandra Cotton with Fertilizer Canada was one of the presenters this week during Canola Week. Here's a bit of her presentation. What we know about um, the government's target uh, for fertilizer uh, emissions is they've set a target of 30% of reduced emissions um, by 2030 um, based off 2020 levels as the baseline. Um, they have said, stated that it is voluntary and an ambitious target, so um, not in regulation. However, it is captured um, as a kind of a sub-target under those bigger commitments that the government has made at the UN. Um, I did want to kind of make the point it is reduced emissions, not use, um, from fertilizer um, application. But uh, the government has stated that they intend to pursue an absolute emission reduction target versus looking at intensity-based targets. Um, And so by very definition um, from that, it would require um, a reduction in in use to meet those targets. Um, And, you know, we believe as well is out of step with global direction on GHG emission reduction targets. Um, Certainly at the FAO, um, intensity is something that has been promoted. Um, In terms of collaboration, um, you know, there has been some informal collaboration. We're waiting for a discussion paper to come out from the federal government any day now, um, which will give us a bit more information on what their intended approach is to meet this target. But they have said that they would work with uh, the, the industry to develop an approach. Unfortunately, there was no consultation or collaboration with the ag industry at large, nor provinces um, in the development of the actual target itself. Um, But we know that it was um, an iterative process between departments looking at what was potentially achievable. And um, they have stated a desire to align with outside jurisdictions such as the EU. Now, this was, you know, concerning um, for our industry, certainly, um, as I'm sure yours, uh, in terms of very little information um, and mis- mixed messaging being coming coming out of the federal government, not knowing um, what they were looking at doing, and no economic modeling or um, analysis was done on the target to understand its impacts. Um, Fertilizer Canada did uh, undertake a study with um, Myers Norris Penny recently, essentially to undertake some of that economic modeling that the government did not uh, do. Uh, It was meant to kind of set a baseline understanding of what the impacts of a reduction in fertilizer use as a discussion um, could mean to uh, Canada to look at what other jurisdictions were doing such as the EU, if we were to follow that path. Um, This study focused on corn, canola, and spring wheat. Um, We didn't go outside of those those commodities, but um, those make up almost half, I think about 45% of seeded acres in 2020. So 
um, really looking at the economic impact for those crops from a 20% reduction in fertilizer use. That was Cassandra Cotton with Fertilizer Canada presenting this week during Canola Week. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Stats Canada released its final crop production report this morning. Canola production decreased by 35% nationally to 12.6 million tonnes in 2021. John Drieger is with Leftfield Commodity Research. That's pretty close to the range of, of expectations coming in. Maybe a little lower, but not dramatically is maybe the fairest way to put it. I, I think expectations were made for a touch higher. Again, kind of within the margin of, of error or in the range of estimates. And uh, just a reflection of just what everyone has known and talked about all year is just how incredibly dry it was across a, a huge swath of Western Canada, really most of it. And uh you know, that's showing up in, in yields and the production numbers and, and reflected again today. And uh, as mentioned, you know, not that different from what was reported in September. Obviously, those conditions were already baked in and showing up, kind of reaffirmed here this morning uh, with, with their last release. The general manager of Manitoba Pork is bringing attention to the labor crunch facing the agriculture industry. Here's Cam Dahl. It's something that's facing all of agriculture and, and that uh, difficulty to, to fill, uh, fill spots in the in the last year, for example, overall in, in agriculture, the uh, Canadian Agriculture Human Resources Council found that over 40% of, of operations didn't have the staff that they were, they were looking for. In, in the, the pork sector, in fact, that was higher, um, and it was, it was over, over 50%. He notes the lack of availability of skilled labour extends beyond the farm gate to include specialists like large animal veterinarians and the technical support they need to run their practices. Buffalo Creek Mills in Altona is continuing to expand. Here, CEO Ryan Penner. We started with a, a target of, uh, of making table-ready oat products, and uh, in, in January of uh, this upcoming year, we anticipate being able to, uh, to make uh, oat flakes as you would see on your table and uh, kind of complete that vision. Buffalo Creek Mills currently employs over 25 people and will be looking to hire more in the coming months. And the province is advising of a new case of a variant H1N2 influenza A flu virus that has been identified. The virus is related to influenza viruses that circulate in pigs. It appears to be an isolated case. The virus was detected in October after the individual sought testing after developing a flu-like illness. The individual experienced mild symptoms, was tested, and then recovered. The test came back negative for COVID-19, but was later identified as a case of human influenza A, H1N2V. The virus is not a food-related illness. It is not transmissible to people through pork meat or other products that come from pigs, and there is no risk associated with eating pork. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Friday, December 3rd. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll have details on the final crop production reports of the year. Stats Canada released its final crop production report of the year. John Drieger is with Leftfield Commodity Research. Well, really pretty uneventful is probably the word to describe it. Uh, you know, Durham wheat saw a pretty, a pretty notable drop from the, from the last report, but really for the vast majority of crops, you know, kind of largely within the margin of error, not uh, not a not a huge swing from uh, from their their previous September estimates. So, in that sense, you know, probably, I guess, fairly uneventful is, is maybe the best way to describe it. Uh, for canola, we saw total production down by thirty five point four percent. Is that uh, what was expected there? 
Yeah, that's pretty close to the range of, of expectations coming in. Maybe a little lower, uh, but but not dramatically is maybe the fairest way to put it. I, I think expectations were maybe for a touch higher, but uh, but but again, kind of within the margin of, of error or in the range of estimates, and uh, just uh, just a reflection of just what everyone has known and talked about all year is just how incredibly dry it was across a, a huge swath of Western Canada, really most of it. And, uh, you know, that's showing up in, in yields and the production numbers and, uh, and, and reflected again today. And, uh, as mentioned, you know, not that different from what was reported in September, obviously those conditions were already baked in and showing up, but, uh, uh kind of reaffirmed here this morning, uh, with, with their last release. Uh, I guess you expect, uh, this will have an impact on the markets. You know, I don't think a great deal. Uh, certainly, you know, we're, we're uh, canola is up here this morning, but uh, you know, the, the soybeans and other markets are up as well. So I don't think that the uh, the Statistics Canada number will have had a huge impact. Although, you know, again, maybe it doesn't hurt. It is a bit on the smaller side, but again, I think by and large, a lot of it was within the range of expectations. I think markets kind of have known for a long time how, how poor the crop was in Western Canada, and so I think a lot of that is already factored in, and, and markets are looking forward. We saw uh, total oat production down by uh, 43%. Um, just your thought on, on oats and, and what the market's been doing there. Well, you know, that old market has just been phenomenal in terms of prices. And, and uh, it, is, it is one of those markets that's really, really, you know, supply is so short. It really is drilling into the most inelastic demand. And, and I, I think that shows up just with, uh, you know, processors bidding just incredible prices up to as much as $11 in, in, in deferred windows and, uh, you know, the old crop is small and a little bit lower quality overall as the, as the heat stressed the, the crops, so maybe a little lighter on the bushel weight. So, yeah, those top-quality oats, it's just incredible. I mean, today's number, again, small production number in line with expectations, but, but affirming just, uh, just how incredibly tight that oat market is, and, uh, and, and prices are showing that. Just, just unbelievable. All right. Uh, John, any other uh, highlights from uh, the report here? Or? Not a lot from this, uh, this morning's report, I don't think. I think it's just, uh, you know, kind of maybe, again, uh, you know, the, the December one is sort of the quote-unquote, you know, final report for the year. Of course, they make adjustments after the fact, but, but there won't be any fresh uh, uh, estimates coming out of Statistics Canada anytime soon. So the markets will, will kind of maybe affirming what they, they showed earlier on. And so now we, we look ahead, and even though it's uh, still not even Christmas yet, you know, kind of working through these small crops and, and thinking about what, uh, what farmers are going to put in the ground in spring. That was John Drieger with Leftfield Commodity Research recapping Stats Canada's final crop production reports of the year. Glendalee Allen Vossler has been taking in this week's agronomy research update with Saskatchewan Agriculture. One of the presentations yesterday focused on seed quality considerations for the 2022 growing season. Dale Razula, Sask Ag's special crop Specialist gave producers some things to think about. High prices combined with low yields. What's that mean? It means farmers will need to extract as much value as they can from their crop. Uh, they, they might use the lowest value grain that they have for seed. That include, could include old, older stored grain. Uh, it's likely that the test weights may decline due to the drought. And uh, we heard the other day that nitrogen applications might have an impact on that. So it's going to impact seeding rate. And this is likely going to depend quite a bit on the variety uh, that you're utilizing. So there's going to be, uh, we're going to be tight on supplies. And remember, the seed growers didn't escape the drought either. 
So here's what we know. So far grades to January 1 and 2 this fall. So it's not weathering and sprouting and frost that was the issue, but there's still lots of grain with weathering and sprout damage due to the mid-August to September rains that happened in various regions. And if, if any of that is being saved for seed, then it's critical. It's going to be critical to get uh, seed germination tests and vigor tests from the seeding labs. Remember, deterioration in storage bins can occur if uh, stored improperly. Check for diseases. You'll, you'll know which ones uh, you need to look for. You're familiar with that. Small seed will be a big factor given the dry conditions. And uh, it's going to be critical to find out what the German vigor is on that small seed. Small seed is generally weaker and needs to emerge to start photosynthesizing sooner in order to produce healthy stands. Check the German vigor because seed weakens with age and storage in farm bins. Uh, so with weak seed, um, reduce the fertilizer placement, that's going to be critical. You'll still need to provide nutrients, though, to correct efficiency. So it's likely you're going to have to start applying in uh, side or mid-row bands away from the seed because of the, um, the risk of a pla placing too much with the seed. And uh, you may need to consider seed treatments as well to help with the vigor um, and establishment of the crop this in 2022. Can't emphasize enough that cracked seed can be a problem according to all the seed testing labs so far, pay close attention to uh, pulses and flax in particular, and check your seed test report. We uh, highly recommend using certified seed, and varietal purity is really important to obtain uniformity and performance. It should have a, a really high germination rate if you can. Um, try to get seed that's low in, and free of weed seeds and diseases. Uh, if you're using homegrown seed, ensure that it will perform well to provide, provide a rapid and uniform emergence and uh, that you can obtain healthy seedlings at the start to optimize the crop for the uh, growing season. He stressed that it's very important, especially going into 2022, that the seed get retested in the spring for germination and vigor. That's Dale Rizula for Golden Last. I'm Glendalee Allen-Vossler. Thanks, Glendalee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to farmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee Allen-Vossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return next week on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Farm Forum Learn and Grow event takes place virtually this year, December 7th. Visit the Farm Forum website for details or to register. Keystone Agricultural Producers is hosting its annual district meetings December 7th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. This will be done in a virtual format. Get all the details on the CAP website. The Manitoba Ag Museum near Austin is hosting a winter wonderland December 10th to the 12th and again from the 17th to the 19th from 4 to 8 p.m. The entry fee is $10 per family. Proof of vaccination for guests age 12 and up is required. And the Canadian Forage and Grassland Association's annual conference is planned for December 14th to the 16th in an online setting. Details at CanadianFGA.ca. 
Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Friday afternoon, Canola Week wrapped up yesterday. One of the presenters was oilseed specialist Dane Fraze with Manitoba Agriculture. A very steady pattern emerged in terms of harvested acreage in fall, a slight increase in 2021. However, the big change in this year is the uh, dramatic drop in yields. We're seeing a fairly substantial decline in the average yields for each province, Saskatchewan in yellow, Manitoba in green, and Alberta in blue dashed lines when compared to the five-year running average of 41.6 bushels from 2016 to 2020. 2021 saw a wide open fall with warm weather. However, harvest was significantly delayed in many places due to uh, intense canola crop regrowth and late season rain. However, it was different than previous years where we had snow on swath canola and, and canola crop. Canola crop is now all safely in the bin. Yields were severely impacted by the drought experience across the entire prairie region, with yields well below the five-year average of 41.6 bushels. The total canola acres are sitting at about 22.3 million, split amongst Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba in their normal distribution. But all three provinces saw increase in acreage, most noticeable in Alberta at a 14% year-over-year acreage increase. Uh, some canola profitability certain uncertainty early in 2021 led farmers to generally planting more canola since the economics penciled out a little bit better at that time than many other crops. A canola commodity in, uh, price increase rise started uh, in late January of this year. The average yield was estimated to be uh, 27 and a half bushels, which is down by nearly 34% from last year uh, compared to the five-year average. Average yields varied widely by district and province, Manitoba topping out at 32.6 bushel an acre, Alberta lower, and Saskatchewan having the lowest average at 21.2. An estimated 12.6 million tons of canola were produced in 2021 on the prairies, accounting for almost 99% of Canada's total canola production. This tonnage was reduced by 37% from last year, largely due to drought effects uh, and from the five-year average of 20 million metric tons, part of the reason for the massive surge in commodity pricing beginning this past uh, winter. That was Dane Fraze with Manitoba Agriculture presenting this week during Canola Week. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. An updated production report was released this morning by Stats Canada. John Drieger is with Leftfield Commodity Research. Well, really pretty uneventful is probably the word to describe it. Uh, you know, uh, Durham wheat saw a pretty a pretty notable drop from the, from the last report, but really for the vast majority of crops, you know, kind of largely within the margin of error, not uh, not a not a huge swing from uh, from their their previous September estimates. So in that sense, you know, probably I guess fairly uneventful is, is maybe the best way to describe it. Canola production decreased by 35% nationally to 12.6 million tons in 2021. Buffalo Creek Mills in Altona has expanded over the past year. Here is CEO Ryan Penner. Excited to install the, uh, the RevTech kiln, fairly state-of-the-art kiln that allows us to, uh, to produce a, a high-quality old product and, uh, and create some, some unique products with it as well as a result of being able to, to toast it to varying degrees. So we're very excited to, to explore its potential and, uh, and to meet clients' needs with it. Penner says Buffalo Creek Mills will start to produce table-ready oat flakes in January. And a shortage of labor is a problem facing all of agriculture. Cam Dahl is general manager of Manitoba Pork. The availability of staff, the availability of labor is, is something that's, that's really becoming a, a bottleneck to growth. 
it's something that that collectively we need to address in agriculture and uh, we need to address here in Manitoba if we're going to to see the the industry grow and expand. The Canadian Agricultural Human Resource Council says that over 40% of farm operations indicated they did not have sufficient staff in 2020. Dahl says the number was even higher in the pork sector. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here on Monday starting at 12 noon.